Well, good day from the Ottawa Valley podcast listeners. By gore, it's a lovely time of year. It really is. And it's because the black fly season has passed, eh? Yeah, them skeeters don't seem to be biting us much more. And those goddamn deer flies have fucked right off, too. Fucking right, eh? The bugs are deed. They're all deed. Are they deed? Or are they hibernating? Bugs don't hibernate. Well, what? Do they all fly down south like the birds do? No, they die. Good God, did your mama drop you on your head when you was a baby? Do they really die? I'm Googling this. Go for it, eh? Well, according to Google, many insects actually do die in the winter, leaving nothing but their frickin' eggs behind. Sons of bitches. So basically, the bugs are replaced by a whole new generation every spring. So you know all them crickets that you hear singing their beautiful songs in the fall? Well, they're all gonna die in the winter. By gore, that's depressing. Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast, hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan World Naturals Bikini Pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah, and her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride. If you haven't already gathered, this episode is a bit of a random one, but a very relevant topic, I feel, for vegans at least. Oddly enough, we were going to use it for the topic of our September Patreon newsletter, Mm -hmm. and it turned into such a discussion, and Sam going down yet another rabbit hole, that we decided to discuss it on the podcast instead. So sorry, patrons, you got screwed out of another newsletter. But you do get this awesome audio discussion instead, which I think is better. And basically what started this whole idea was my young vegan son, Harry, who is now 15 months old. Obviously, I've been teaching him the importance of being kind and gentle with our animal friends, and I'm constantly yelling at him for being too rough with the cats and always showing him how we capture spiders in a little cup and then bring them outside when we find them in the house. And this is all fine and good, until I see a mosquito on him, which I, of course, kill. Not very vegan of me. And it got me thinking, how am I going to explain this to Harry? And I'm forever using the whole pig and dog analogy comparison of why love one but eat the other? I even have it on a shirt. So why save houseflies but kill mosquitoes, you know? And I figured probably most vegans have thought this same question at some point or another. And I could probably just justify it with, well, the mosquito bites me, but it still makes me feel kind of hypocritical. So I started asking my other vegan friends and even prominent vegan friends out there who run vegan businesses and even my friend who is an animal rights lawyer and go figure, even they kill mosquitoes too. No shit. Let's not get nuts here. 
If some asshole mosquito is going to jam its little needle nose into my body, drink my blood, and leave me scratching like a freaking crackhead for the next 10 days, that little bastard is going down. It's like self-defense. And any vegan claiming to not kill a mosquito is a liar and possibly an idiot. I'm not buying that anyone is standing around deep in the forest allowing mosquitoes to drink ounces upon ounces of their blood. Well, maybe they have those hats with the double-sided tape all over them and just collect the deer fly and mosquitoes on the sticky... Well, that's still killing yeah, them. Like, yeah, that's what horribly am... <laughs> cool. What are you talking about? Well, and then there's the whole other camp of vegans. Maybe they don't even call them themselves vegans, actually, but I guess they're environmentalists for sure, but they don't believe in eating sentient beings, which refers to animals that perceive and feel pain, and they are firmly against the greenhouse gas emissions that are produced by grazing cattle or the resource-intensive methods used to raise those animals, but these people do eat insects, and that's because they believe that eating bugs prevents more sentient beings from dying, which is an interesting take on it, I guess. Well, maybe we can work together with these people and they can just eat the mosquitoes. <laughs> I like that idea. That's a good one. But are insects considered sentient? Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Let's check it out. It would appear that researchers have found evidence that suggests insects are, in fact, conscious and egocentric. They most certainly possess a centralized nervous system that is centralized not merely due to the presence of ganglia, which is basically cells and connective tissue, but also a brain. So it must be noted that although it is a very simple and small brain, it is a brain. Therefore, I think it is safe to assume that insects are in fact sentient. Well, I think we could all agree that there are many humans with very small brains, too. Very valid points there. However, I did research as to whether insects actually feel pain or not, and it's kind of a hard question to answer, because how do you define pain? Technically, humans, invertebrates, whatever, all have the ability to recognize harmful substances, whether it's heat or cold or, or something that is going to hurt us. But some scientists will argue that that is more of a reflex action, so it doesn't mean it's the same as actually feeling pain. I mean, even bacteria will move away from toxic substances. Uh, having said that, I think there was a study done last year on a fruit fly, and they injured one of its legs, and they discovered that the fruit fly's other legs became hypersensitive to the possibility of being hurt again. Hmm which the scientists were saying was a similar trait to what humans would experience as chronic pain. Hmm, that's interesting. And also interesting that you bring up fruit flies in particular, because I'm pretty sure they only live for one day. And I know a lot of these bug eaters rationalize their choices by saying that insects' lifespans are so short that it would actually be a huge waste of evolutionary energy for them to develop systems such as feeling pain as opposed to evolutionary advantages like faster reproduction, etc. 
Yeah, again, I just feel like it's a weird area where we're choosing what gets to live and who gets to die based on our own selfish preferences. I mean, we can all justify something we do, no matter how horrible it might be. Well, yeah, and it really is such a huge topic to even try to break down, because you could go so far as to say that all of the pesticides used in plant food agriculture, aka the very things that we vegans survive on, kill thousands of bees and insects every single year? Or what about the big harvesting machines that are used to harvest plant crops? I'm sure they unintentionally rip apart and kill all kinds of little field mice and whatever animals live in those fields, right? Are you trying to depress me more? Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that no food is completely deathless. And yes, as vegans, I'm sure I know our plant and grain eating supports some insect and rodent killing to a small degree, but obviously it's the far lesser of two evils. And if I could grow all of my own fruits and veggies and grains, obviously that would be the most ideal scenario, but sadly not plausible for most of the vegan population. This is why I don't sleep at night. You know, we should probably touch on the whole oyster mussel topic as well, because this is one that I definitely get asked about every now and again, and probably most vegans. Yeah, I hadn't even heard of this until you brought it up. Well, I've definitely heard of it, but I never felt like my argument was strong enough. So I'm actually glad that we're talking about this on the podcast so we can actually break it on down and make all of our listeners more knowledgeable and informed on this topic. So basically, much like the bug eaters, there are a group of vegans who believe that eating oysters and mussels is perfectly okay. And that is because they are called bivalves. And that means that they apparently do not have the neural architecture, if you will, to suffer. But let us break it down a little further, shall we? of pain is to help an organism avoid any kind of stimuli that may cause it bodily harm. Organisms that are, however, unable to move cannot escape pain, therefore has no real reason to feel pain. Bivalves, such as oysters and mussels, can open and close their shells, but this is basically as simple as plants who close in the presence of some kind of noxious stimuli. But mussels and oysters are very closely related to other species, such as scallops and squid, who are very much motile and do feel pain. So one would think that it is possible for this common ancestor to feel the same. However, all this being said, in order to feel pain, an organism must have a sensory system capable of differentiating between good stimuli versus harmful stimuli. I feel like I have a lot to say but I also feel like I have nothing to say. Well, and we could even go a step further and share with everyone the fact that freshwater mussels actually are more motile and do move slowly, but still. And I learned that oysters and mussels in the larval stage of their lives, they like to hitch a ride on fish to help them disperse more widely. So if you ask me, that means that they're getting around... For the love of God, do you see what I mean? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure every vegan listening is probably feeling the same as you are right now, Sarah. So yeah, it, it is a whole rabbit hole vortex that, you know, I, I don't even really want to go down this myself. But I will say that it does appear that mussels and oysters definitely don't have a brain or a central processing unit for experiencing any kind of stimuli. But there's also the argument that eating farmed oysters and mussels is much kinder than the traditional freshwater fishing practices because here is where all kinds of little sea creatures and sea life and insects get caught in fishing nets. We've all seen it. I even read actually that apparently 90%, 98% of what gets caught by fishermen gets discarded. How awful is that? Okay, this is what makes me crazy. You start getting into the tiniest little shadows of gray areas And I think it's bullshit. When we feel like we need some kind of handbook on how to be human, we've gone too far. And this is one thing I've noticed in some of the community vegan groups. The thing that drives me insane is when somebody posts a question like, is it cruel to not let my cat go outside? And all of a sudden, they're being bombarded with views from both sides, just attacking them from every angle. And I'm sorry, but vegan or not, you shouldn't let anyone tell you what is right or wrong. You should know. Yeah, much like parenting. Yes, you're right. It's the exact same thing. God forbid you ask a question about breastfeeding or sleep schedules. Again, you're going to be attacked. But I feel like you just need to know who you are and listen to your heart. You know what feels right. And I don't know who in their right mind would want to eat oysters or mussels anyway. Uh, millions of people. They're super popular. And I think they're an aphrodisiac too. Yeah, I don't even get that. Nothing makes me hornier than someone horking in my throat. <laughs> well, yeah, what, that, that yeah, was a bad analogy. Yeah, I'm yeah, picturing I'm other weird. things. Well, I am kind of proud of the fact that I've never even eaten fish or seafood in basically my entire life other than Captain Highliner's fish sticks as a kid before I went vegetarian at eight years old. But we also didn't grow up near the ocean because I do know a lot of people who think fish is the most delicious thing on earth and many vegans who that was a really tough one for them to give up. Ugh, I do not understand those people. I have never liked fish. And even if I did eat meat, you couldn't pay me to touch that crap. It stinks. Yes. <laughs> I just don't know why people want to eat something that smells like that. Then exactly. again, broccoli in the microwave. It's pretty rank too, and I eat that shit all the time. Yeah, you eat all kinds of smelly shit. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. This episode is giving me anxiety. Yeah, it's a strange hot topic to address, but I do think it's one our vegan listeners will appreciate. I hope so anyway. And hey, we would love to know your thoughts on killing bugs and eating oysters to all of our beloved listeners. So by all means, let us know what are your thoughts on this. I actually remember having one client who was all about the cricket-based protein powder. She That was the one thing she wanted to be vegan, but eat this cricket Ooh. protein powder. I wonder if she listens to the podcast. Gross. Yeah, I've even noticed there's a lot of weird protein powders out there now. There's even like a fully beef-based protein. Really? Yeah, gross. Extra gross. Anyway, how about we wrap this episode up and let us get to the Patreon prize winner from the last episode, which was a super sweet prize pack from the good people at Mori New Tofu. Let's do this. 
Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. And the winner is... Dun, 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 dun. Donna! Oh! Yay! Yay, Donna! She's an original OG JOTB yeah. supporter. This is a great prize for Donna. Yeah, Donna, you are the ultimate JOTB VIP. We love you, and you so deserve this kick ass prize. Speaking of prizes, what are we giving away for this episode? Hmm. Too bad we don't have any coupons for Guardian's vegan fish fillets. They're actually pretty good. Ew. No, I I don't eat fish, but I I didn't mind them. Hey, you know what we should give away that I just discovered I have a lot of? What? Jacked on the beanstalk leggings. Ooh. I bet a lot of listeners would love that prize. Yeah, if we know their size. Hey, and they are high-waisted and everything. Oh, gunt protection. Bonus. <laughs> All right, JOTB leggings it is for our next Patreon prize winner. And if you want in on this action, just go to patreon.com slash jacked on the beanstalk to sign up for just $1. And of course, support the Shorky sisters and our vegan podcasting efforts. Or $15. Even better. Also, can I add one final thought to the whole killing bugs discussion before we wrap this episode up? Oh, you want to do a little Jerry Springer style ending? Sure. Well, I just wanted to say there's a big difference between the crazy assholes who run from bees as if they're a hungry great white shark who figured out how to walk on land. I did that last week at the park. (laughs) Anywho, and same goes for the jackasses who start screaming when they see a spider or go John Wick on the poor thing's ass. I get it when you're a kid, but at some point, you can't you just get over it? I mean, I don't like creepy crawlies any more than the next gal, but I'm not going to kill something just because it seems gross or I don't want it climbing on my face while I'm sleeping. Like you, we also have the bug cup in our house. It is my job to catch them and let them outside, or during the winter months, they get to live in our basement. Wow, that's nice. I don't even let them live in the house in the wintertime. Well, I have an unfinished basement. I figure it'll take them a while to get back upstairs with the help. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, my point is, vegan or not, it doesn't take a lot of effort to catch a bug in a cup and release them outside. And I've caught hundreds of bees in a cup, and I've never been stung. Hundreds? Wow. Oh, easily. No, and I can honestly say there's a special kind of feeling when you take that piece of cardboard off the top of the cup and you watch that little bug fly to freedom. It just gives you a real good case of the warm and fuzzies. Aw, well said, Sarah. I also keep turtle rescue gloves in my car, for the record. Oh, for the snappers, eh? Yeah, damn right. All right. So, what song shall we sing to conclude this short? Felt like a short episode. Yeah, it felt really short. Yeah. Well, as much as I really don't want this song in my head for the next seven days, uh, we're going with Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. All right, let's do it. I wish that that I could fly into the sky so very high. Just Just like like a dragonfly. I'd fly above the trees, over the seas, in all degrees, to anywhere I please. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I want to get away. I want to fly away. Yeah, yeah. I want to get away. I want to fly away. Yeah, 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 yeah. I 
feel like we weren't feeling that one to start. No, I kind of hate that song. <laughs> yeah, I am not a real fan of it no, either. No, Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. Kind of sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was the perfect song. For it, the, yeah, yeah, it was. All right, well, we hope you enjoyed this short insect oyster episode. <laughs> It seemed like a good idea at the time. And we're trying to really pump those episodes out faster for you guys, for all you diehard fans. So hope you enjoyed it. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll have something better next time. Maybe. Maybe not. Shorky Sisters, out!